Navigating the online world as a grown-up is scary on a good day, as I'm sure we can all relate to, like when it comes to search engines and social media and algorithm-based apps. We've all seen and heard some stuff that's put us a little bit on edge, even as adults. But it looks like for the short term to medium term anyway, it's here to stay. So how do we teach our kids how to use these platforms with caution? Because we can't stop what they will see, view, engage, relate to. And to me, it's kind of like the idea of teaching your kids to swim versus keeping them away from the water. Like both might achieve the same outcome short term, but long term, which one's really better for them? I had a really powerful interaction with my seven-year-old recently after his YouTube habits got a little bit out of hand. Not crazy, but enough for me to draw a line in the sand and have a serious chat with him, not because he was in trouble, but because I wanted him to understand how algorithms work and how when we have deals with companies versus when the company has deal with someone else and where, in fact, the product. And the conversation went quite well. He understood it. He sort of took, took him about a day or so to process it, I think, but I did see a marked change in his habits. We established some new boundaries and ground rules, and his mood lifted as well. And I would love to share that with all my small family, small business peeps, because if this can help you better understand how algorithm-based platforms work, and even better if it can help you empower your kids with knowledge in a way that they can understand, I feel like we're all going to be in a much better place in a much better position of control when it comes to how we use and consume on these platforms. Right, let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses. And now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. In this sort of session, I wanted to come at the whole intersection of small business, healthy boundaries, raising a family intersection from a slightly different angle with you guys. Give you a bit of context. So my seven-year-old has started, well, started watching YouTube videos um, and I had big, I have very big reservations about kids wandering throughout YouTube unattended. As I explained it to my son, it's like the equivalent of of me letting you walk into a room of adults I don't know and I have no idea what they're talking about and there's no rules as to what they will talk about in front of you. So he got Minecraft, um, the Switch game for his birthday or for Christmas. Um, And there were some things he was getting stuck on. Now, Pokemon... I know I'm the 90s kid who had um, Pokemon Gold on my Game Boy Color, so I understand the inherent principles of Pokemon. So when he had the Pokemon games, I was a weapon at that. We jammed on that. I have no idea how Minecraft works. So when he got stuck on Minecraft, I said, look, mate, I've got, I don't know the first thing about Minecraft, but I use YouTube for research with my work all the time. So how do I how do I figure stuff out on, I, I Google, I use search for that on YouTube. There's a lot of really good videos out there that'll walk you through some stuff. So I said, 
I'm willing to let you go onto YouTube to figure this stuff out. We have a smart TV, so I said, look, can you, first of all, I let him, he's got like an old phone that we've taken the SIM card out of, so essentially it's a small tablet. I let him go on YouTube on that for a bit, but then I was a bit uneasy and I thought, I can't really hear what you're saying, what's being said to you and what videos you're looking for. So I said, look, put it on the big TV, mate. Um, put on the TV so I can listen to the YouTube videos that you're listening to just in case something comes up. And I kept explaining to him, I said, mate, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust the people on YouTube if I haven't watched those videos first. Now, I don't have the time to watch every video before you. So at least this way I can hear what you're listening to and I can jump on anything if something inappropriate happens. So for a while there, he was watching YouTube videos and I set like for a very strict time limits on it and it was purely about research, researching how to figure stuff out on Minecraft. And it worked. He got himself over his hurdle. He was able to build on it and he kept going. It was really, really good. And then he started just watching people playing YouTube. And like, I don't understand that for a moment. I'm sure everyone knows either their kid or a kid who watch either unboxing videos or videos of other people playing games. I don't, I don't get it at all. But it's not for me to judge what he enjoys watching and it was still like minecraft centric stuff so I'm, and it, it, i was listening to it there was no swearing going on there's no inappropriate content it looked like it was very much content aimed at kids who enjoyed minecraft so i'm like well i can't see any harm in this and then it, then it started going a bit more sideways so a he came to me at one point and he said oh mum, can we get pokemon snap and i'm like What's Pokemon Snap, mate? And he said, oh, it's a game. I saw an ad for it um, when I was watching YouTube the other day. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll look into it, mate. We'll see how much it is. If you want to save up for it, that's cool. And then he started watching uh, YouTube videos for games he didn't even own. Like at one point I recognized one. I'm like, mate, what, this, is, this is a Grand Theft Auto walkthrough. You don't have Grand Theft Auto. What are you watching this for? What are you getting out of this? And he said, oh, just, it's interesting. And I said, oh. Again, I started getting that gut feeling of something's not quite right here, but I can't see anything openly bad about this, like watch an act. And then one morning, he woke up at 4.30 in the morning and went and turned on YouTube on the smart TV, 4.30 in the morning. And I'm like, all right, there's the line. We found it. We need to have a chat. So I spent the next hour laying in bed trying to think about how do I explain algorithms to kids because I don't want to just go out there and say no no more YouTube that's it done with no explanation to him because that's not fair to him and he hasn't done anything wrong but he needs to understand what's at play here and how it's affecting his behavior so after an hour between 4 30 and 5 30 a.m I came up with a way to explain algorithms to him which is what I want to share with you guys now Maybe you can, for those of you listening to the podcast, you can come and find this video if you want to skip to this part of the video and let your kids watch this bit. You're more than welcome to, and I'll try not to swear from this point on. This is the way I came up with how to explain what was going on. Not so my son could never use YouTube again, but so he could use it more consciously. And these algorithm-based apps, I feel like they're only going to get more prolific as our kids get older. So if we can, and this, this sometimes, I share this stuff with adults who don't understand this, so this might help you. So if we can give our, empower our kids with the knowledge to use these apps more consciously, then I feel like we're going to be in a much better place. So this is the way I explained it to him. Now we also have, we have Netflix in our house as well as YouTube. And I explained to my son, I have a deal with Netflix. I send Netflix 15 bucks a month. And in return, they show us 
they get us give us access to some really good movies, some really good TV shows. And they've promised me that if I set you guys up with a kid's account, they won't show you or give you access to any shows or movies or things that aren't appropriate for kids. So that's the deal I have with Netflix. I give them $15 a month, they can pay their team, and in return, they give me content that's interesting, relevant, really well put together, and they won't show you anything that wouldn't be appropriate for you. That's the deal I have with Netflix. And because millions of people around the world use Netflix, millions of people are sending Netflix $15 a month, that's how Netflix make their money, that's how they can afford to make shows and give us what we've, we've been promised. That's the deal with Netflix. Um, alternatively, I don't send YouTube any money. I have no deal with YouTube. And yet YouTube can offer us something similar to Netflix. YouTube can offer us access to videos, shows, walkthroughs, tutorials, all that kind of stuff. But if I have to send Netflix $15 a month, where does where does YouTube make their money? And like side note, I don't I don't have that deal with YouTube where they won't they haven't promised me they'll only show you stuff that's safe, educational, relevant, appropriate for you as a 7-year-old. I don't have a deal with YouTube. We've made no promises to each other. So I've got no guarantees they won't show you something that isn't okay for you because we don't have a deal. So how does YouTube get into our house and show you stuff similar to Netflix? Well, what YouTube does is shows you ads. So I have props. We have Mario. That's, and for those of you listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to throw your mind back to 80s and 90s and imagine. Mario. So Mario is you. Luigi, that's, that's YouTube. So, you will go onto YouTube and you will look up your Minecraft tutorial videos. And YouTube will go, sure, here is all the um, videos I have relating to Minecraft and tutorial. And then you'll watch them and you'll learn stuff about Minecraft. Now, say Princess Peach comes to YouTube and goes, hey, I want to sell a video game about Mario and Princess Peach. Can you please show this ad for the Princess Peach game to everyone you think watching YouTube who think might who think might be interested in it? So, Princess Peach wants to sell her Princess Peach game, and she's asked YouTube to help her sell it. So YouTube has lots of people watching their videos, and so it goes through all the people watching the videos on YouTube and goes, hmm, who who would be most who do I think would like this Princess Peach game? Well, Mario which is you, I know Mario likes Minecraft videos. So if, Mar if Mario plays Minecraft, Mario might also like to play a Princess Peach game. I'm going to show Mario an ad for the Princess Peach game while he's watching Minecraft. Um, and I'll show it to him at the start of the Minecraft video. I might, if it's watching a really long one, I'll remind him again halfway through the Minecraft video and it might pop up at the next video he watches. So if I show Mario the ad for the Princess Peach game and often enough, Mario might think, hmm, I might ask mum for the Princess Peach. Or the example I use with my son, he asked me for Pokemon Snap. He'd seen Pokemon Snap while watching his YouTube videos. It was an ad that came on partway through one of his YouTube videos. And so what happens is Mario's watching his Minecraft videos. He might watch some Pokemon drawing videos as well because he likes all the gaming stuff. And then an ad comes on for the Princess Peach game. And then he goes, oh, this seems interesting. He sees the ad a couple more times for the Princess Peach game while he's watching all his YouTube videos. And then he goes and asks his mum, hey, I've seen an ad for this Princess Peach game a couple of times. Can we see how much it is? And then he might get it for his birthday. 
so that doesn't seem bad. Princess Peach gets to sell a game to someone that she knows will enjoy it. Um, YouTube gets money because Princess Peach to say thank you to YouTube for helping her sell a game. Princess Peach gives um, YouTube, Luigi, a bit of money every time he shows that ad to someone. Because Princess Peach sort of goes, well if I give YouTube, Luigi, a little bit of money to show the ad to as many people as possible, the chances are a few of them will buy the game and it'll work out in the wash. So Princess Peach gets to sell some of her games. Luigi, or YouTube, gets some money for helping her do it by showing people ads. And Mario gets Princess Peach game for Christmas. So that's all, that doesn't seem that bad at the start because everybody kind of gets something they want out of it. Luigi, Princess Peach sells the games and gets money. Luigi gets money for helping. Mario gets the game that he really likes. But where it comes, where it gets, um, where it gets tricky and where it gets sometimes dangerous is Luigi likes the fact that he makes a little bit of money every time he shows someone an ad. So he wants to show more people more ads to make more to make more money for himself basically because the more people and so the way it would work is that for, for Luigi to make more money more people need to watch more YouTube videos because every time someone watches a YouTube video they get at least one ad sometimes there's two at the start so for every one person that sees an ad Luigi gets money or YouTube gets money so Luigi YouTube thinks to himself, I need to show as many people, I want to get as many people watching YouTube as possible, so that's more opportunities for me to show them ads, I can make more money. So what YouTube, Luigi does, is it starts paying attention and getting very, very concentrating on what Mario likes watching on YouTube. And every time Mario watches one YouTube video, YouTube, Luigi, sends him a link to another YouTube video that he might also like. So he starts looking really closely at what kinds of videos does he like? Does he like Minecraft Pokemon? Does he like tutorial videos? Does he like videos on how to draw the characters? Does he like walkthroughs? Does he like gaming videos? So he starts focusing really, really hard on the kinds of stuff that he likes and he gets very good at predicting and showing Mario the videos he likes to make him, to make him stay on YouTube longer. Because the longer Mario is watching YouTube, the more ads he's seeing. And every time he sees an ad, Luigi gets money. So, Luigi then starts getting so good at it that he starts, so he gets, starts showing Mario lots and lots of videos. But the thing is, because Mario is not paying Luigi any money to sort of, there's no rules in that deal. So there's rules in the deal between Luigi and Princess Peach. There are no rules in the deal between Luigi and Mario. So as long, Luigi's main focus is, as long as I can get Mario to stay on YouTube watching videos for as long as possible, I will make more money. And so Luigi starts sending him all kinds of videos in attempt to keep him on YouTube longer. Now, those videos might be scary. They might not be appropriate for Mario. They might have stuff in them that's untrue. They might have stuff in it that makes them feel unsafe or makes them changes the way they think about certain things that are important. Luigi doesn't actually care whether the videos he shows Mario are safe, educational, good for him, um, or relevant, or tr like true. He doesn't care of any of that. All he cares about is keeping Mario on the platform for as long as possible to show him more ads. So Mario not only 
start spending way too much time on YouTube because YouTube's gotten very good at thinking, like understanding what he likes to watch. He starts spending way too long on there watching things that could potentially be unsafe, untrue, not educational, not appropriate for him. And so then I said to my son, and so look what happened at 4.30 in the morning, you couldn't wait to get onto YouTube because YouTube had gotten so good at showing you the kinds of videos you wanted to watch that started changing the way you acted. Now, if you weren't watching YouTube, what would you have done if you'd, would you have woken up at 4.30 in the morning? And he said, probably not. And so even if you did wake up at 4.30 in the morning, if you weren't watching YouTube, what would you have done? And he said, oh, I probably would have gone back to sleep. And I said, this is why we need to make sure that YouTube is a tool. And when we go onto YouTube, we have a job to do. We're looking for an answer to a question. We're looking for information. We're looking to learn something. We're not on YouTube to relax. Because the minute we relax the minute is the minute we're not thinking about why we're on YouTube. YouTube is a tool that we're using to solve a problem or answer a question. Because YouTube is not interested in just giving us the information we need and sending us on our way. YouTube makes money by keeping us there as long as possible. So we need to be in control of what we're watching and our time. Coming back to the Netflix example, Netflix doesn't care really how long you're on that platform. As long as I'm sending them the money there every month, I can watch as much or as little Netflix as I like because the deal with Netflix isn't based on how much time I spend there. The deal with Netflix is me sending them money every month. YouTube has a very different deal and their deal isn't with me. The deal is with people like Princess Peach who want to sell things like games. So after that, we had the rule then. So coming back to the parents in the room. So after I had this discussion with my son, he kind of went very quiet, very quiet one. I could kind of see him digesting everything. And then we said we have a very clear rule. It's half an hour tops on YouTube during the week or at any time really, during like on any given day, half an hour tops. And I needed to have a very clear reason as to what he was. So what are you researching? If he, if he couldn't tell me what he was researching on YouTube, sorry, no deal. Because we don't relax on YouTube. We don't go browsing on YouTube. We're there for a job. And then once we've achieved the, the goal, once we've learned the thing, once we've figured the thing out, we're out. We don't relax on YouTube because we need to be mindful. We need to have our own rules around YouTube because we don't have a deal with them. So I did actually notice, uh, and it's interesting, some parents that I speak to once they have a line in the sand moment like this with their kids, that there's a very big shift in their behavior. So my son was starting to get very like mopey and flat for a while there, which is not like him at all. And as soon as we had this discussion, we changed the rules and YouTube very much took a backseat because unless, like I said, unless he could justify to me why he was on there, not happening. I mean, it picked up his attitude again, brighter again, chirpier in the mornings again, home and hosed. So a couple of things that I would love for you as a parent with a kid trying to navigate technology, a couple of things that worked for me in that whole situation that I would love for you to take away. So the first of which I suppose was what I did initially, whereas they don't get to engage with YouTube in isolation. Like I had it on the smart TV and don't get me wrong. It meant I had to listen to some really annoying Minecraft videos. Okay. I didn't enjoy it. Thankfully I don't watch that much TV anyway, but I, I was in the loop. So I was hearing what he was listening to and I was aware of the trajectory of where it was going because that's when I saw that the kind of content was changing. 
Um, having very clear time boundaries. And I've always found giving my kids little heads up as to when their time's coming up or even giving them, depending on how old they are, giving them control of, okay, mate, after this video, you need to wrap it up. So I understand you want to watch this at the end. How long has it got to go? Five minutes? Okay, great. I need you to switch it off after this one, okay? That's enough for one day. Have you have you achieved? Well, I suppose that's another thing too. Firstly, give them a goal. I would not I would not let kids roam around YouTube. Sorry, I, I can't see a case for it. There is plenty of good apps that are closed loop with good content for kids like ABC Kids. Netflix costs 15 bucks a month. Disney Plus. There is plenty of apps that have appropriate content for kids on there. I cannot see a reason why kids need to be running around on YouTube. I mean, I don't know what the paid version of YouTube looks like, so I can't speak to that. But I can't see any reason why kids need to be roaming around the free version of YouTube. Sorry, I know too much about algorithms. I, you'd have to be. I can't. I can't see a case for it. So, if a kid wants to be on YouTube, I would be saying, okay, YouTube is a tool for figuring stuff out. What are you trying to figure out? If you can't tell me what it is you're trying to use YouTube for, sorry, find something else to do. Um, so yes, YouTube needs to have a goal, stay in the loop, use whatever means you can to make sure you can engage with the content, even if it's in the background as much as they can. Um, even if you've got it on a tablet where they've got no headphones so you can hear it, but they're on a couch in a central area, they're not in their room. So we don't let him sit on his, in the phone that he uses like a tablet. We don't let him sit on it in his room. It's on the couch. So we can always be constantly checking in. And, um, if you want, have this discussion with if you can wrap your head around it and then find a way to articulate it in a way that they'll appreciate by all means give them the knowledge because like my son barely asks to go on youtube anymore i'm like i have to admit i don't i can't don't know how much credit i can take for this i have a pretty bright seven-year-old so he was able to understand all that but i would imagine a lot of kids are probably understand concepts higher than what we think so i'd give them the benefit of understanding how um, and understanding how the algorithm works, like ed educate them, say, look, what's, how do you think YouTube works? Because getting, getting kids to critically think about the stuff they engage with can only be a good thing. If you ask them, how do you think this works? If they can't answer you, it's like, well, why don't we figure this out? Because it's got to work somehow. And like, who, who's getting the most out of this? Because I know there's so many adults that can't, that have, are so enamored with the tech space, they can't think about it on this level. And it's, dangerous so whenever we're engaging like so that's I've, I mean to be honest I hold social media very much I know it seems really weird because part of this is showing up on Instagram live but I'm using this as a tool I'm using this as a tool to educate my audience because I know this has been their circle of influence with, their, with this stuff's on their radar radar so we just need to be more mindful about the content and the um the platforms that we use and we also let our children engage with because it's a really good saying in the tech space that if you're not paying for the product, it's because you're the product. You're, you are what is being bought and sold. I'd love to get your feedback on that, guys, especially any of the parents out there. If this has been helpful, please, if you want to recycle it and put your own spin on it for your kids, you are more than welcome to. I would love for more families to be empowered with this knowledge. I would love for more kids to be empowered with this knowledge. Like The more we know, when we know better, we can do better. Because I've also seen what the alternative looks like. Like before I was a graphic designer, website designer, sole trader. When I was still going through uni, I used to work in restaurants, pubs and clubs um, as a way to pull myself through university. And I can't tell you the amount of times I saw families and couples coming into the restaurant and they would all sit there on their phone. Like 
What is the point of paying for a family meal or for a date night or for a couple's night out if you guys are sitting there on your phones the entire time and not actually having a family night, not actually having human experience? And I said that to my son. I'm like, I've seen how bad this can get. I've seen how far down the rabbit hole people can get when they are not in control of how they use these tools because then the tool becomes the one that's calling the shots. The the platform starts being the one that's in control of the rules. I hope this has been helpful to you guys out there. I hope you can use this with conversations with your own kids. And I hope this gives you, if you need, if you weren't aware of how this platforms work, I hope this gives you some clarity as to the platforms you engage with and how you can be the one calling the shots when it comes to your use, how long you spend on there and what you use it for. Stay safe, guys, online and offline. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. Did this episode happen to spark an idea in your business brain? I'd love to hear how this topic helped you. So take a screenshot of you listening right now, post it to Instagram and tag me at meredithpage.me and tell me in the caption what your big takeaway was from this episode. Thanks guys. See you next time.